From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. We begin this morning with the latest round of criminal charges against former President Donald Trump. For the third time since he left office, an indictment has been unsealed against the former president. This one is tied to the attack on the U.S. Capitol on January 6th and efforts to overturn the 2020 election. Special counsel Jack Smith called it an unprecedented assault on American democracy. As described in the indictment, it was fueled by lies. Lies by the defendant targeted at obstructing a bedrock function of the U.S. government, the nation's process of collecting, counting, and certifying the results of the presidential election. Special counsel Jack Smith is charging Trump with four counts, including conspiracy to defraud the U.S. and conspiracy against the right to vote. Well, Nathan, reaction is pouring into the indictment. Bloomberg legal analyst June Grosso has more on the government's case against the former president. There are six other co-conspirators that are not named. However, you can also tell who some of them are. It's pretty obvious that Rudy Giuliani is one of them and some of the other attorneys that were involved in the efforts to change the results of the election. Bloomberg's Joe Grasso says Trump is accused of using the Justice Department to make knowingly false claims about the election by having the acting attorney general sign a formal letter backing the claims. Well, this and other indictments against Donald Trump are looming large in the next presidential election. And these charges in particular present a historic moment in presidential politics. We get reaction and analysis from Bloomberg political contributor Jeannie Shianzano. This is the first former president to be charged with trying to steal an election and to impact and disrupt the peaceful transfer of power, which we have had in this country since 1800, when John Adams handed it over to Thomas Jefferson, somebody he detested from another party. So it is quite an indictment. Jeannie Shianzano notes the former president now faces indictments over classified documents at Mar-a-Lago and charges over hush payments to an adult film star in addition to this latest indictment. Donald Trump has been instructed to appear in court on these latest charges at 4 p.m. tomorrow in Washington. And stay with us for more details and analysis on the indictment and the political fallout. Now we have another major story to tell you about this morning. The U.S. has been stripped of its top-tier credit rating by Fitch Ratings, and stocks are falling on the news. Bloomberg's John Tucker joins us now with the story. John. And Karen, Fitch has downgraded the U.S. one level from AAA to AAA+. Fish criticizes the debt limit clashes in Congress, waiting to the last minute to raise the debt limit, and they take aim at the ballooning deficit. They first warned back in May they might do this. What's the practical effect of all this? We put that question to economist Mickey Levy at Berenberg. It's significant in the short run because obviously markets are going to respond. In the long run, very, very little impact. 
And Libby Cantrell at PIMCO also weighing in. Timing is a little bit suspect. I don't think we got anything new today that would have uh, sort of resulted or precipitated this. We've been here before. In 2011, S&P downgraded the U.S. credit rating. That triggered a sell-off in stocks, but ironically boosted the value of U.S. debt. And there's similar reaction this time. Treasuries rallying as investors seek out havens. Moody's still rates the U.S. sovereign triple A, its top grade. In New York, I'm John Tucker, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, John, thank you. Well, the White House is lashing out at Fitch over that downgrade to double A+. We get that part of the story from Bloomberg's Ed Baxter. The administration says stripping the U.S. of its top-tier credit rating is not warranted. Saying the U.S. fiscal governance practices are strong, it says Fitch's decision does not change what Americans, investors, and people all around the world already know, that Treasury securities remain the world's preeminent safe and liquid asset. But this does come two months after the bitter standoff on raising the debt limit and ahead of the threat of no agreement on funding the government going forward. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ed, thanks. Well, Wall Street is also reacting to the downgrade from Fitch. And Bloomberg's Steve Rappaport joins us with that part of the story. Steve. Good morning, Karen and Nathan. Larry Summers and Mohamed El Arian joined the chorus of prominent economists criticizing the decision. Summers, the former Treasury Secretary and a Bloomberg contributor, called the move absurd given signs of a stronger economy. El Arian said he was perplexed but downplayed the significance of the downgrade. In a post on Twitter now being renamed X, El Arian predicted Fitch's announcement is much more likely to be dismissed than having a lasting disruptive impact on the U.S. economy and markets. In New York, I'm Steve Rappaport, Bloomberg Daybreak. Okay, Steve, thanks. Some other markets news this morning. Advanced Micro Devices is out with earnings that beat estimates. The chipmaker is also touting inroads it's making in artificial intelligence. That is spurring optimism the company can gain ground on NVIDIA. And Nathan, shares of Starbucks are down 2%. The company's quarterly sales fell short of estimates as traffic growth slowed in the U.S. Analysts say Starbucks earnings show that U.S. consumers may be starting to cut back on discretionary services. Nathan, thanks. And it's time now for a look at some of the other stories making news around the world. For that, we're joined by Bloomberg's Amy Morris. Amy, good morning. Good morning, Karen. Former Vice President Mike Pence says Donald Trump should never be president again and is a distraction to the country. It is his strongest criticism yet of his former boss and current campaign rival. Pence released a statement saying, quote, our country is more important than one man. Our Constitution is more important than any one man's career. The former vice president testified before the grand jury and is a central figure in that 45-page indictment of Trump. His name or the office of the vice president are mentioned more than 100 times. Meanwhile, Vice President Kamala Harris is turning down an invitation from Florida Governor Ron DeSantis to visit Florida to discuss the state's new black history curriculum that suggests enslaved people learned valuable skills. Bloomberg's Nancy Lyons reports. Vice President Kamala Harris made her response crystal clear to an Orlando gathering of the Women's Missionary Society of the African Methodist Episcopal Church. There is no roundtable, no lecture, no invitation we will accept to debate an undeniable fact. There were no redeeming qualities of slavery. And Harris says she will not stop calling out and fighting back against those who try to prevent our children from learning our true and full history. Nancy Lyons, Bloomberg Radio. 
The migrant crisis is spilling out onto the streets of New York. Hundreds of people sleeping and waiting for help on the sidewalks outside the Roosevelt Hotel in Midtown Manhattan. Mayor Eric Adams spokesman Fabian Levy says the administration is trying to figure out a solution. We're just simply out of space. We've been saying this for months, for you know, almost a year at this point. Uh, and so what we really need is help from our state and federal partners. Mayor Adams says they've reached an inflection point a year after Texas began busing migrants from its border towns to New York. The Mega Millions jackpot surged to an estimated $1.25 billion, the fifth largest in U.S. history, after no tickets matched all six numbers drawn last night. If there is a winner in the next draw, they can choose between a $1.25 billion payout spread over 30 years or a lump sum amount of $625 million. But after taxes, that'll leave you with about $394 million, give or take. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Amy Morris, and this is Bloomberg. Karen. All right, Amy, thank you. And it is 5.09 on Wall Street. Time now for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's John Stashauer. John. Karen, the Houston Astros, who won the World Series last fall, had themselves quite a day yesterday. First, they made a trade with the Mets to get back Justin Verlander. The trade coming exactly six years after they acquired him the first time from the Detroit Tigers. And during his first stint with the Astros, he won two Cy Young Awards and twice helped the Astros win the World Series. Houston then hosted Cleveland. Here's the 0-2 to Gallagher. Broken bat, soft liner, Pena catches it, and a no-hitter, Robert Valdez. First one to greet him is Maldonado, and the rest of his teammates pile on. Robert Valdez throws the 16th no-hitter in Houston Astros history. KBME had the call. He needed only 93 pitches to go the distance. Red Sox won in Seattle 6-4. Giants topped Arizona 4-3. The A's lost to the Dodgers 7-3. Baltimore all over Toronto 13-3. The Nationals lost to Milwaukee 6-4. The Iowa State starting quarterback, Hunter Deckers, accused of betting on numerous sporting events, including those involving Iowa State and at least one Cyclones football game, although it's believed he didn't play in that game. An injury to L.A. Rams all-pro wide receiver Cooper Cup in training camp left with an injured hamstring. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sport. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. From coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. This morning, the legal pressure continues to build around former President Donald Trump, even as he remains the runaway frontrunner in the Republican primary race to return to the White House. The latest charges against the former president from the Justice Department are tied to the events of January 6th. 
Special counsel Jack Smith says Trump knowingly spread false claims about the 2020 election in a conspiracy to defraud the U.S. and American voters. Since the attack on our capital, the Department of Justice has remained committed to ensuring accountability for those criminally responsible for what happened that day. This case is brought consistent with that commitment. Special counsel Jack Smith spoke after the indictment was unsealed yesterday in Washington. For more on this latest criminal case against the former president and its impact on the 2024 campaign, we are very pleased to be joined this morning for a roundtable discussion by Terry Haynes, founder of Pangea Policy, and Greg Valliere, chief U.S. policy strategist at AGF Investments. Gentlemen, it's good to have both of you with us. And I want to start with you, Terry, because in the past you've called these mounting legal troubles for the former president death by a thousand papers. Cuts. How big a cut is this for the former president? Um, you know, the, good morning, Nathan. It, it's another cut, uh, uh, mitigated only because uh, we all had a pretty good idea it was coming. Uh, but you know, there's uh, what we've seen in Washington in the past week is a, is a lot of truth stretching uh, all the way around. Uh, I don't have to belabor Mr. Trump's truth stretching because that's uh, that's been very well covered over the past uh, years. Uh, you have a difficult you have a situation where for markets, uh, first and foremost, uh, the last in the last week, you've got uh, greater uncertainty about the 2024 uh, presidential race, not only because of Mr. Trump, though, but also because of the president and the president's son, uh, because the, the the Hunter Biden scandal, you know, it gets ever closer to the White House and uh, and as the White House uh, story changes uh, from a situation of uh, Biden was never in business with his son. Now it was never discussed. And, uh, you know, we've, we have a new uh, a new contribution to the political lexicon in the uh, the illusion of access uh, to the uh from uh, from Mr. Hunter Biden's uh, business partner, Devin Archer. So, you know, Biden's on some choppy seas here as well. And uh, finally, you know, on the indictment, uh, you know, one thing I'll point out is everybody's been waiting for a January 6th indictment with, with uh, dealing with Mr. Trump. But, you know, what you've got here is uh, Smith wanting it both ways. The indictment itself says that uh, Trump and I quote, has a right like every American to speak publicly about the election and even to claim falsely that there had been outcome determinative fraud uh, and that he had won, uh, quote from the indictment. Uh, so what Smith's hanging his hat on is uh, is the illusion that he's doing a whole lot more about Trump uh, on January 6th than he had been before. Uh, that's going to be very tough to prove. And uh and, you know, prosecutors, uh, you know, not being as forthright as possible and uh, not bringing their best evidence uh, uh, for the charge that they claim that they're uh, that, that they're bringing, uh, I think, uh, does no credit on the Justice Department or, uh, or on anything else. And it's only going to make things worse. Lots to unpack there. Let's bring you into this conversation. Greg Valier of AGF Investments. What's your reaction to this indictment? Is it truth stretching, as Terry Haynes seems to suggest here? Well, I, I have a contrarian view, Nathan. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I think in the last week or so, uh, Trump has gotten stronger. Uh, you look at his poll numbers, he's up by about 10 extra points since the first uh, indictment in late March. He leads uh, DeSantis by 30, 35, even 40 points in a lot of key states. And I don't think that's going to change. 
change at all. On the other hand, you've got Joe Biden, I think, almost certainly lying when he said he never discussed business with his son. You've got a continued focus on Biden's age. And I think that, again, to be contrarian, uh, Trump is clearly the favorite to win the Republican nomination. And it's not out of the question all of a sudden that he could win the presidency. Most uh, polls show a, a dead heat. Then the issue becomes, could Donald Trump self-pardon on uh, Inauguration Day? There's all sorts of scenarios. I, I wrote about some of them this morning. Uh, it's I think it's premature to totally rule out Donald Trump. You both mentioned the timing here coming as the current president is facing some questions about the Hunter Biden case. Greg, are you implying that there could be some timing here in bringing out this indictment at a time where there has been focus, at least on Capitol Hill, uh, from House Republicans on the Hunter Biden case? I I don't know. I you You, you could argue that there might be some connection. Hard hard to say. Uh, and there's going to be another indictment in all likelihood later this month in Georgia. Uh, so the indictments are, are hard to, to time. I would just argue that even with these indictments, Trump can run. Even if he's convicted, he can still run. Yeah, that's true. I want to bring you uh, back in here, uh, Terry, to talk about how this could potentially affect the presidential race. We know that in the past, the former president has been able to capitalize on these legal issues, saying that it's a witch hunt, that uh, everyone's out to get him and that it's a political conspiracy. Do you expect that to continue? And how can other candidates, the also rands in this presidential race, try to get past this massive lead that the president has right now? Well, Nathan, my view has been for some time and remains uh, today that I think we've seen peak, peak Trump uh, and that I think it's downhill from here uh, for him. I don't think that that's going to be precipitous or quick, by the way. But then again, we've got six, basically six months before the first votes are cast in the primaries. And that's a very long time in politics. Um uh, I think this is death by a thousand paper cuts, and you're already starting to see the things that I've been predicting for the past few months happen with uh, a number of the candidates, Vice President Pence and others, talking about how uh, the, how Trump should never. This is proof that Trump should never serve uh, again in in any sort of federal for president or any other sort of federal office. Uh, you're going to see a ramp up of attacks by the uh, by the candidates. You're going to see an indication by the candidates that. Uh, they think that the prosecutions are politicized, but the Trump is unfit to serve, and frankly, that they offer a uh, they offer an alternative that is the the kind of policies that were advanced by Trump and by Republicans uh, during the Trump administration uh, without the baggage, and uh, and that's going to range from you know people like Pence. Uh, uh, to people like Ramaswamy, all the way to, to somebody like uh, Senator Scott of South Carolina, who brings a very kind of joyful and very different look to the race. We do have three weeks until the uh, first debate in this Republican presidential race, Greg. Does this case become all about what these candidates are going to be talking about? And do you think Trump's going to show up for this when he's under three rounds of indictments? My guess is that he can't resist the camera, so he probably will uh, show up at, at the debate. I mean, there are 
I hope this doesn't degenerate just into personal uh, attacks and that we actually talk about issues. Social Security. Uh, do we extend the Trump tax cuts? There are a wide range of issues of funding for uh, Ukraine that hopefully will become part of the narrative. And we don't just talk about indictments. Only have about a minute left here, but I've got to get you both very quickly on the Fitch ratings decision. I mean, if there hadn't been another indictment against the former president, that probably would have been the top story. Greg, what do you see out of this Fitch ratings decision to downgrade the U.S. credit? Oh, it's it's a story for today. It might affect stocks a little bit today, but I think longer term, the impact is modest. Uh, I would agree with Larry Summers for a change, and I, I would agree <laughs> with Muhammad Al. I, I would agree with Muhammad Al Arian. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're correct, and that this is uh, a a one or two or three day wonder, not a persistent problem for U.S. Treasuries. And Terry, your thoughts just quickly. Uh, quickly, uh, yeah. Firstly, I think it's bad news for Biden politically. It undercuts the the, uh, the Bidenomics charge. Secondly, I think it undercuts Fitch. Uh, uh, I think there's uh, a lot of political motivation uh, in this charge. You know, uh, Fitch has been around for however many years, but uh, you know, we've gone a hundred years with the current system we've had in the United States of funding the government, and you know, now they're going to get upset about uh, about debt ceiling and uh, and annual appropriations. And finally, on The Economist, I would point out that many of the same people that are criticizing Fitch are also people that helped create the situation through uh, endorsing uh, money printing and uh, and the kind of fiscal ballooning Fitch uh, calls out. Good to get your thoughts on both the Fitch ratings downgrade for the U.S. and the indictment of former President Donald Trump. Terry Haynes of Pangea Policy with us on the phone this morning. And Greg Vallier, Chief U.S. Policy Strategist at AGF Investments, joining us via Zoom this morning. Now, this latest indictment against Donald Trump adds to an already packed court schedule. Even more charges could be on the way right in the heart of the campaign season. For more on how this latest case might play out and reaction to the indictment, we're joined now by Bloomberg Law host June Grasso. June, I know you've been able to uh, read this indictment probably a couple of times here. What's your reaction to uh, the potential seriousness of these charges and how they compare to the last round of charges from special counsel Jack Smith on the classified documents? Well, these charges are very serious. And I'd say that this case is a more difficult case for the special counsel than the classified documents case. Classified documents case is a little more straightforward and, you know, easier to prove. But this case is important, very important because, of course, of what it alleges against Donald Trump. And it's laid out really well. It's sort of the the both cases, what we see is what's called the talking indictment, mm-hmm. where by reading the indictment, you can see exactly what the government is going to have to prove, the kind of evidence they have. And in both cases, they have a tremendous amount of evidence. And uh, it's just a question of what Donald Trump can do, what kind of defense he can raise. As far as timing, it's hard to tell what's going to happen and when the cases are going to go forward, because uh, May 20th is when the classified documents case is supposed to go to trial. But now that there's additional defendant and additional charges, I don't know if it's actually going to meet that May 20th. And it's any guess when this case is going to trial. But the the special counsel is trying to get a speedy trial, he said, because, and one of the reasons I think that we see only Donald Trump charged 
is that they want to move this very quickly and they want to eliminate any problems that they'd have if there were more defendants in the case. Yeah, we did hear uh, Jack Smith say that he wanted a speedy trial, but we've seen in the past that uh, former President Trump's legal team has tried to delay proceedings many times before in the past cases as well. What potential uh, delays could the former president's team try to mount based on this indictment? Well, first of all, they could, you know, little delays, just delays for procedural issues. Um all kinds of like they can file motions, motion practice, motion after motion after motion, trying to get more information or, you know, just they'll file. It's it's sort of like I, I remember uh, going to work at a law firm and leaving three years later. And one of the cases I worked on that was there seven years before was still waiting to be tried because there are so many just procedural motions that you can raise. And also what's going to happen here is. Trump has trials October 2nd of 2023 mm-hmm. is the New York Attorney General's fraud trial. January 15th of 2024 is E. Jean Carroll's second defamation suit. March 25th of 2024 is the Manhattan criminal trial over the alleged hush payments. And then May 20th, 2024 is his handling of classified documents. So they're going to go into court and say, Your Honor, we can't possibly handle all these trials. We have to, we need the breath and we need time. And so that's going to be, I think, a big delay factor is just when can they actually go to trial? And, you know, you have to give the defendant one thing that's really, you know, easy to do or easy to understand is the defendant saying, wait a second, your honor, this isn't fair. I can't handle all these things at once. I can't be in all these different places at once. And so those kinds of things. All this is coming uh, in the midst of a presidential campaign as well. That's on top of the schedule. Does that raise the possibility that all this could get pushed back until after the election? Well, that's something that the special counsel is going to try desperately not to happen. He's going to try everything to try to move one of these cases at least before the election. But, you know, it is a possibility that it is after the election. It's just hard to see at this point how they can move all these cases so quickly. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? 
and where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.